0: This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Good morning. What a great message to declare. What was it? Our God what? Are you sure of that? Yeah, I'll tell you, when that gets tested, that's when you don't understand life for sure. And uh, wow. Welcome to church. It's been a wonderful week of preparation for your being here, and uh, so I just want to say welcome, and not just from me, I want to say welcome to you on behalf of all the people who regularly come to New Life. Uh, Together, we invite those of you who are here for the very first time, we invite you um, to become part of our family of faith this morning. Make yourself at home. Um, every Sunday we deal with a subject that's vital to life. And this morning will be no different. We're going to talk about worship this morning, as Bob already told you, and I believe Justin said it as well. And uh, so that's a subject that uh, will be a challenge for many of us, maybe most of us. And I'll come back to that in just a few minutes. But uh, for this morning, I just want to say welcome to church. Uh, make yourself at home. On the inside of your program that you got on the way in. You'll find a sheet of fill-in-the-blank notes. Those will guide you through what I'm going to say over the next few minutes. And uh, so you can pull those out now and use the pencil that's in the back of the chair in front of you uh, to fill those out. And I would encourage you to not only fill them out, but take them home with you, and at least one time during this week, read through them. And you're thinking, ah, I go to church and get a homework. What's up with that? (laughs) Well, guess what? You know, there's no test that we're going to give, but I can tell you that if I were going to stand up here and just drivel out useless information you could ignore during the week, why would we come? Right? The idea is that we might come so that we could learn so that we could put this into use in our life so that we could experience life change. Because that's really what church is all about. It's about connecting with God in ways that he can and will change. Our lives, so I invite you along in that process this morning, because we're going to talk about worship. And if you're like me, I, I grew up in a church, and a lot of us didn't grow up in a church, but I grew up in a church. But the church that I grew up in wasn't really rich in any form of worship experience. Um, you know it. We, we sang a few songs, but mostly we sang songs to get ready for the pastor. It was to make sure everybody's attention was directed up front. So when the pastor came, we were kind of focused in. Wow. That's not really the purpose of worship, although it does kind of serve that purpose sometimes. And this morning we're going to take a look at what the purpose of worship is and how it might affect our lives and how God might want to connect with us and speak into our lives through worship itself. Now, we're in, this is the last sermon in a whole series of sermons called the Rhythms of Life. You probably figured that out. You can see it on the video screen. So just by way of review, I, I want you to imagine with me there are six drums up here behind me on the stage, and they are the drums of life. And And if we beat on them regularly and appropriately, they create a beautiful rhythm that the melody of our life can weave itself in and around. But you know, if one or more of those drums is missing, or if we don't beat on them at regular intervals, which is what a rhythm is, it's something that recurs at regular intervals, then there's no real music and and there's no real harmony and there's nothing that the melody can weave itself in and around and our lives become just existing. Because they're missing the music and missing the rhythm of what life is supposed to be like. And uh, so this morning, we're going to look at the sixth and final rhythm of life, and that is the rhythm of worship. Now, let me take you to the core Bible teaching that we're going to look at. Well, let's do a review first, okay? Now, I know I'm stretching way back because Kevin spoke to you the last two Sundays, and he didn't review these passages with you. So we're going to reach way back in your memory bank. Are you ready? No, Kevin, that's okay. I'm not scolding you, all right? (laughs) That's plenty fine. All right, now, so I'm going to start the verse and see if you can finish it. Are you ready? Here we go. Draw near to God and... He will draw near to you. Yeah, that was the first one that we learned, to draw near to God. Now, here's the second one. Do not be overcome by evil, but what? Overcome evil with good. And the third one we learned was this. God says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Yeah. So what God's really inviting us to do and if we beat on these drums as God has invited us to and we beat on them well they allow us to draw near to God and then God draws near to us and when God comes near to us amazing things happen. Really amazing things happen. So let's take a look at our core Bible teaching for today. Here it is. Let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. Would you read that out loud with me, please? Ready? Let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to him. And, you know, we're going to sort of dissect that verse a little bit later. But before I get into what that verse means and pulling some key words out of that verse, I want to talk to you just a little bit about human nature and how our human nature is really designed for worship. And I don't want to get into it too heavily this morning, because next Sunday I'm going to talk to you about the fact that we were made for worship. But let's take a look at our human nature. Let me give you three principles of our human nature. and the first one is this, and that is, we love to be amazed. We do. We continually, purposely put ourselves in situations where we expect to be amazed. It's why we take vacations to go st- to scenic places where we can stand in the beauty of creation and be amazed at what we see. It's why we tune into athletic events and pay good, hard earned money to go to an athletic event because we love to be amazed like we might be today if the 49ers beat the Cardinals, right? We'll be amazed. Yeah. We put ourselves in situations where we want to be amazed. It's why we tune into American Idol. And when someone stands up there and sings and they blow us away and we're going, oh, I can't, look at the talent. There's something on the inside of the human spirit that just loves to be amazed. Now, why is it that way? Well, I kind of believe it's a confirmation to us that we're actually alive and living. You know, I've watched a lot of animals in life. There's something completely different about the human spirit than the spirit that's in any animals. Now, I know many of you are dog lovers, okay? No problem with that. But I'll tell you something you've never seen. You have never seen dogs all sitting in a row watching a performance and shaking their heads. And barking at each other. That's pretty amazing, don't you think? Yeah. Because they haven't been given that kind of a spirit. A dog gets up every day and just barks because... He's a dog, wags his tail because he's a dog, licks his owner because he's a dog, but never gives thought to the greater purposes of life because God didn't create a dog to do that. Ants get up every day and they work very hard, but you've never seen an ant sit down and cross his legs and go, why am I here? No, but God has given us a portion of his spirit And in that portion of His spirit, it's the one of the things that marks us as different from all other creatures is God has given us the ability to be amazed, and it's so indelibly stamped in our nature that we find it hard to live without it. It is one of the things that affirms and confirms to us that we're not just a plankton floating out in the ocean waiting to get snarfed by some whale. That we have real purpose in life. Wow. Second principle of human nature is this. We not only love to be amazed, but amazement triggers a response, a spontaneous response in us. You ever notice when you go to a ball game, no one has to tell the crowd when to clap? Now, if you ever go see some you know, television show where you're in the audience, but the show is, you know, shot live. They have cue cards, you know, applause, now stand up and cheer, whatever, whistle, yell, go, go, ah, or whatever else, you know, and so they kind of fake that stuff. But in real life, when something amazes us, it evokes from us an immediate and spontaneous response. And by the way, it's it's pretty wild sometimes. The more natural one is we applaud. And if it's really, really great, we stand and applaud, right? We call that a standing ovation. But there were other things that just naturally happen. Have you ever had your jaw just drop when you couldn't believe something? Yeah? That's not something you thought about. You go, by golly, I can't take that in. I believe I'll drop my jaw. That's not. It's a spontaneous. You don't think about it. It just happens. Have you ever seen something and you just got weak in your knees? Yeah, it's something that God. He has wired us as an integrated creature, where when we are amazed, it, it, it it happens within us. What what a great great thing. Let me give you the third principle. And that is that amazement, when it reaches its highest and greatest level, is when the natural is confronted with the supernatural. And you know, that is the formula for worship. When the natural is confronted with the supernatural, when people come face to face with something that they know could be no less have its origin and no less than God itself. It's amazing what happens to the human spirit. i tell you what, we, we get weak in the knees or jaws drop. All these things happen. Why? Because amazement is at its highest level. You put people in the middle of a hurricane and you see amazing things. People in the middle of an earthquake. People in the bottom of Yosemite Valley. It's what stops us dead in our tracks at a gorgeous sunset, no matter what we're doing. Have you ever pulled over to the side of the road and just looked at the sun when it was setting? I have. Why? Only God could paint that. It's what stops us when we're walking through a flower garden and you look down and you see a bloom and it may be a tiny, tiny bloom. But as you look at it, You see in that tiny little bloom, there might be a dozen or more tiny, tiny, tiny little petals. And in the middle of those little petals, you see the pistil and the stamen and all the other little tiny intricate parts of a flower. And you think, Galley, I could not build one of those if I had to. And yet, there's hundreds of them. Amazement. Which brings me to a really interesting question. This is Sunday morning, and as Bob already indicated, this weekend is the beginning of the NFL, correct? Yeah. So, why is it many people in our town will choose to stay home and watch the NFL rather than coming to church? You ever ask yourself that question? Every pastor does, I can guarantee you that, all right? <laughs> now, one of, the, one of the answers to that question is simply this. People love to be amazed, and when the local church is pretty unamazing and the NFL is pretty amazing, guess which way they default? Yeah. But when the local church is amazing, When God connects with us through the local church and people come face to face with God at church and the worship team inspires us to great worship and carries us into the presence of God, when we bow our heads to pray and God begins to speak to us, And people who walk in the door who have had habits that have crippled them for a lifetime begin to experience freedom in that and relationships that have been troubled begin to get healed and and all sorts of attitudinal problems that have limited us for years begin to fall away in the presence of God. We go, by golly, I think I'll go back. Because the amazing thing about the NFL is it changes how I feel for a week. I'm a Pittsburgh Steeler fan, long-time Pittsburgh Steeler fan, so I'm feeling good this week. I'll let you know how next week goes. Because you see, the NFL can only change how I feel, not even down in my heart, just on the surface, but it can change how I feel for one week. But guess what God can do? God can change how I feel, not just for a lifetime, but for eternity. Now, friends, that's pretty amazing. That's unbelievable, but it's true. Next Sunday, we're going to start a brand new sermon series, and it's got some wonderful stuff connected with it. So I want to direct your attention to the video screens. Take a look at where we're headed. great time. We are headed into a a spiritual journey that uh, is going to be actually 22 straight days. But we've written an in-house devotional guide like we do a couple times a year. And uh, next Sunday you're all going to get one. And we're going to encourage you to go home and uh, for 21 straight days we're going to be reading the same devotionals together. We're going to be praying through the same passages of Scripture and we're going to be learning how to experience worship. It has a lot of different dimensions, and uh, I can tell you that in working my way through that devotional guide, you know, I started working my way through that devotional guide when I was flying uh, back to Iowa uh, a month and a half ago, and uh, I started, I wanted to worship God on the plane. Well, I did, you know, kind of on the inside. Um, Fun stuff. Uh, We're going to have four sermons on worship. And um, I, I know that uh, some of you brought your smartphones into church, and and we ask you to turn them off. But if if you want to if you want to boot up your smartphone right now and you want to put an, an appointment in there, you put in six o'clock October the eleventh. That's a Sunday evening. You can write it down in the margin of your notes. Six o'clock October the eleventh. We're going to have a service right here in this room that evening. It's going to be an hour and a half or two hours of solid worship. It's going to be uh, a service you won't want to miss, and you certainly won't forget. You saw a picture of our, you saw the f- home page of our website. It's on there for a reason, and that is every one of the daily devotionals, uh, you can actually tune into our website, and you can click on the podcast, and you can hear the daily devotional delivered by one of our pastoral staff members with a few editorial comments added as well. So if that's something you want to do and you want to download it on your iPod, you can listen to it on your iPod or, or any other MP3 uh, device. And um, so it's going to be a great time. And uh, we're going to start it next Sunday. So now why am I holding this? All right. Well, I'll tell you why I'm holding this. this is This is my favorite set of bookends. All right. And if you put this little guy together, all right. Um, he's a golfer. That should be no surprise to you, right? And he's in the sand trap, and if you've ever golfed with me, that might not be a surprise for you either. Um, But I brought this set of bookends because they remind me of a very important truth. You know, the six drums that we talked about up here on this stage, the first drum was the drum of Connection. And we said if you don't get connected with God, none of the other drums make any difference. And so the first drum is kind of like the first bookend. And you notice that bookends always come in pairs, right? Because if you have only one bookend, it doesn't do any good unless you can cheat and find a wall or something to lean the other side of your books against. Because they, they only work if you put them together. And so the first drum and the last drum are the bookends of the rhythms. And that is the drum of connection with God, His people, and His world, and the drum of worship literally hold the rest of it together. And that's why what I'm going to say to you over the next 10 or 15 minutes is really, really, really important because it's the final bookend in this series of rhythms. So let's go back to our core Bible teaching and uh, let's explore this passage for just a minute. It says, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. Let's pull some key words out of that and see what God is going to say to us about worship as he gets us prepared for this 21 Days of Worship for the whole I Worship series. The first is the word offer. And I want you to understand that the word offer is... is um, is a word that in some ways it always has an outward expression. If you make an offer to somebody, you have to either put it in writing, you have to say it, you have to do something externally, or it's not an offer. It's only an offer if it's made in a way that it's communicated to someone else. And so what the writer of the book of Hebrews is telling us and what God wants us to know is that worship always has some form of outward expression. It is a response from us to God's goodness and His greatness. And usually it brings with it something additional in the context, and that is when I get amazed and thrilled, and sometimes even overwhelmed by God's greatness and goodness, and then I look in the mirror at myself, what do I realize? When I compare God's greatness, I, can, I see my own weakness. When I compare God's goodness, I can't help but notice my own struggles. Yeah. And rather than feeling put down by that, I get inspired because what God has said to me is, Ron, if you connect with me, guess what? I will make you more and more like me and less and less like you. Now that's an offer I want to take. So what do I do? I offer myself to God. I offer my praise and my worship to God. And the author of, of Hebrews says to us, let us offer. In other words, let's continually be making this offer to God. In other words, in my notes, I wrote down, we become God's fans. Now, I went to see the Portland Trailblazers play years ago when I was living in, in Portland, Oregon. And back in 1976, the one and only time that they won the NBA championship, I actually was able to go to one of the NBA championship games. And they were playing the Philadelphia 76ers back in the days of, of Dr. J and the gang. And, uh, you know, so it was craziness in that auditorium. And every time the Blazers would make a basket, you literally you could scream at your neighbor and they couldn't hear you. It was, just, it was deafening in there. And in the middle of this game, everybody is standing and yelling and screaming. I get a tap on the shoulder. And I turn around, and here's a guy sitting here, and I don't know if he was weaned on dill pickle juice or what, but his face is sad, and he says, would you mind sitting down? I'm having a hard time seeing. He's the only guy in the place who's not standing and screaming and yelling. And I, I, I said, you must be from Philadelphia. No, I'm from Portland. I just don't get carried away. I was too caught up in the game, but I wanted to interview him. Why did you spend your money to come here and act like that? If you're not really a fan and you don't want to act a little crazy, you don't want to stand up and yell and scream and do all that kind of stuff, why would you come here, sit at home and watch it on your TV and make your wife miserable? (laughs) What's up with that? And then I had another thought. I know some churches where you'd fit well. Because nobody gets carried away there. No one laughs there. No one has a good time there. No one gets to be too much of a fan of God. But I'll tell you what. When God begins to touch us. He begins to change our lives. Friends we become his fans. And when Justin cranks up the worship band. Or any of our other worship leaders. Boy it starts calling forth from us. Wonderful things about God. Because He's our God. He's our Father. He's the one who's changing us. And we offer to Him this sacrifice of praise. So that's the first word, author. Let's take a look at the next word, and that's the word sacrifice. Now normally, if I say, this morning our specialty is going to be sacrifice. Volunteers. have very few hands. Because it's not something we usually connect with, with a positive thing. But, but I kind of want you to write this down or at least remember it because it will help you keep this in its proper context. Friends, it's very possible for you to give someone a gift without loving them. But it is impossible for you to love someone and never give them a gift just doesn't happen. The whole concept of sacrifice goes all the way back to the beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 4. We're only four chapters into the Bible and there's the story of Cain and Abel and they are offering a sacrifice to God. Why? Because from the beginning of time all the way through, every culture that has ever lived, every culture has always had some deity that they've worshipped and every culture has always had some form of sacrifice that is offered to the deity that they choose. Why? Because the concept of love and worship and sacrifice are inseparably intertwined and indelibly etched into the human spirit. It's who we are. It's how God made us. And so, the author of this book says to us, when we come together... You know, in the Old Testament, when God set up the Old Testament nation of the Jews... He said, I want all of you to come to Jerusalem. Well, actually, all the males back in those days, but they brought their families. I want all of you to come to Jerusalem three times a year. And then God made this very interesting statement But I don't want you to appear before me empty handed. You would think that'd be every pastor's favorite verse, right? Mm -hmm. No, not really. But I want you to understand something. It's not normal and it's not right. And it certainly isn't in alignment with our human spirit for us to appear before the God of all ages, the creator of the heavens and the earth, (coughs) and not bring something to give to him. We go to each other's homes. When Monica and I get invited to somebody else's home, it's a usual and normal thing for us to take a house gift. Why? It's what you do when you appreciate people. Well, imagine appearing before God. Now, Here's what the author says. It doesn't have to always be a monetary gift. What does he say? When you come before God, what do you bring as a sacrifice? You bring your praise. Wow, that's pretty cool. It is our offering to God. Let's go on to number three. This concept of praise. What is praise? Well, praise is this It's this outward expression of gratitude for who God is and what He's done. It takes all kinds of different forms. It can be everything from, from being still and quiet and meditative before God and just in, in your heart, in your spirit, you're going over how absolutely wonderfully good God has been to you. It could be standing here and singing. It could be doing what I saw a couple of people doing earlier this morning, dancing. It could be, it could be almost anything. It's whatever God has put into our hearts and our spirits. Praise is this wonderful thing that allows me to take the gratitude of my life and begin to express it to God. And so God says, give me your praise. Because God is worthy of every form of praise. And you're going to see a form of praise in a few minutes that's probably unlike any form you've ever seen. But it's a great form. I think you're going to be touched by it. Because it's about God. And then we get to the word allegiance. The word allegiance, in our country, where do we usually ter- use the term allegiance? It's the pledge of allegiance, right? And if you look up allegiance in a dictionary, it's going to tell you that allegiance is a sense of loyalty in which one person binds himself or herself to another. Marriage is a form of allegiance. Citizenship in a country is a form of allegiance. Well, guess what? Choosing to become a Christian is a form of allegiance. For when we choose to become a Christian, as Bob gave you the invitation during communion, when we choose to become a Christian, we bind ourselves to God. And we choose to bind ourselves in loyalty to Him. And praise is where we declare that loyalty over and over and over again. It's a little bit like renewing our vows to God. And worship definitely has that element in it. It's a great thing. And the last thing, the last key word I want to draw out is this word continual. You see, worship only works in our lives when it's a rhythm. Can you imagine trying to write a song and the drummer beats on the drum whenever he or she feels like it at whatever rate they feel like it, starting and stopping as they please? You say, be any music to that. It's just every once in a while it's a burst of noise. Right. Well, guess what? That's the way worship is in our lives. When it becomes continual, when it becomes a rhythm, when it becomes something that's regular, and even in the good sense of the word routine in our lives, it begins to produce tremendous fruit. For then the melody of our lives can weave itself in and among that rhythm. And it's beautiful. So we've looked at six rhythms. I want to give you just a brief summary of each. The first one we looked at was the rhythm of connection. And here's what I want you to know about that. It means, it means that we're fully engaged with God and fully engaged with His people. And fully engaged with His world. By the way, if we could live fully engaged with God, His people, and His world, would we feel fully alive? What do you think? Oh, that's a formula for loving life, regardless of what happens in it. God calls us to that. So it's important for us to beat on that rhythm of connection every day. The second rhythm we looked at was this. It was the rhythm of virtue. And this is a powerful rhythm in which we experience the life transformation that only God can bring about. And I talked to you about that earlier. Virtue is not something you do for God. Virtue is is an invitation you give to God to begin to work in your life. Yes, it will require work from you, but it's not work you do for God. It's a work you, you invite God to partner with in doing in your life. And He begins to clean you up and deliver you From the things that have tended to destroy a life. The third drum that we looked at, a rhythm, was this rhythm of strength. And the concept of strength is this, that we would experience God's power in three places. That first of all, we would experience God's power in temptation. So that when we're tempted not to be virtuous, we would receive the strength of God and could live in virtue and then secondly to meet to to receive god's power in prayer as so that we could connect with a god that we we can't see or touch or feel as unnatural as that is that we might really connect with him and then last of all that we would experience god's god's power in trials in other words when life doesn't make sense then we talked about the rhythm of compassion and that is seeing others through the lenses of love and humility so that we could see other people as God sees them and then we talked about the rhythm of mission last week and that is being fully engaged with God's purposes on this earth and this morning we've talked about the rhythm of worship and I want you to see this it's expressing our gratitude and joy for all of the above that's really what worship is I want to pray with you, and then I'm going to read you a psalm. But I want to pray with you first of all, because could be any number of reasons why you came this morning. But God has one and only purpose for you being here, and that is that you might connect with Him. And if you've never made the choice to become a Christian, God wants to give you that chance, that opportunity right now, because that invitation is yours. And if you made a decision to become a Christian years ago and you've wandered away from it, just kind of been wandering and meandering your way through life and trying to make it on your own, God gives you the opportunity to reconnect with Him this morning. Or maybe you look at any one of those rhythms and you think, wow, I've got four strong rhythms in my life and I've got two pretty weak ones. Whatever it is, you kind of know the business that you need to do with God. So would you do it while I pray? Father in heaven, thank you so much for coming into our world and teaching us the truth about life. We're so blessed that we get the opportunity to become your fans, that we get the opportunity to to be in partnership with you, that you would work in our lives. And so this morning, Father, for those of us who have never accepted you, we thank you for your grace and we pray that you would give us the strength in this moment of time to say, yes, God. God. I pledge my allegiance to you. I choose this day to become a follower of Jesus. For those of us who may have wandered away or for those of us who have some strong rhythms but some weak rhythms, God, would you help us to be able to say yes to you today in those areas of weakness so that the rhythms of our life might be full and harmonious. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.